0: good morning everyone and welcome to across the line with me chris greatwich um, my partner sudelto Topas is uh, away today um, sunning himself on a beach or i just didn't want to come in i'm not too sure um so it's me riding solo in the uh, in the host seat today on today's episode of across the line we have anton del rosario on the show uh, anton talks about his new best friend david beckham uh, as well as his time with the azcals and his sevens football league um, for more content like this, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Facebook, as well as download the episode on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But on the show, we have uh, a very controversial character. <laughs> um, it has potential to be explosive. Um, with me, I've got former Ascal, former uh FC Loyola player turned football entrepreneur Anton Del Rosario on the show. How are you? What's up? What's up? <laughs> what am I
1: looking at here? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, mate. I'm just <laughs> you know, the podcast. Yeah, if you're one of the YouTube followers, I think you're
0: looking to that camera over there. So. What's up, everybody? Shout out to everyone. You've got some big boots to fill, Anton. <sighs> big boots. Last, uh, well, we had Neil Etheridge on the show. Um, it ended up being a three parter because he waffled on for the best part of five hours. Um, so yeah you're the man to fill the boots so
1: you're lucky it was that short man i know i know we got away with it three hours
0: uh it was three hours five hours was a lie three hours he was on for um and i and i think if he had the chance it would have been it would have been longer so yeah for sure have well, you got uh, as much to say I don't,
1: you've got a lot to say uh, i got a lot to say Okay, but well, let's uh, see. Let's buckle up. i mean just stretch just give stretch. yourself a stretch okay the, you know, all right but you've been busy
0: You've been busy how was um l- last week i mean you had the really amazing um clinic with with david beckham coming into town tell, tell us a bit about yeah, that
1: yeah it was amazing i mean you know second time he was here yeah Or second time we got to play with them yeah um too bad you you gave it a miss i know i, I know you my, were busy man but my son
0: managed to get in yeah. there didn't they
1: <laughs> oh my god Unbelievable. got to hold his hand he got called out by him and everything I you know. know i mean it was great though yeah he came out um big thanks to sorry aia philam life for yeah. bringing him out here you know um because someone like that could actually make that change that we need for football yeah. you know um it did cause a ripple in the whole football community yeah which um, which I really like you know I mean he he I guess inspired and motivated a lot of the kids out there yeah yeah I mean the kids loved it um my kid went home he didn't even want to take off the David Beckham shirt you know the one that he signed he slept in it yeah I mean this is this is the kind of influence he has yeah and it was great having him out there that's how did it all come about um obviously I remember
0: you put out a, a message on your Sevens League um, page. It was like, get ready, something <laughs> big's gonna happen. And obviously, listen, you, you're a great marketer, no, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, right, you know, it, it, who's he gonna get? Um, it, it definitely sparked yeah. my interest. And I was like, yeah, i like, would be really intrigued to find out who it was. And then I think the day before it was announced, Philam um, put out a video of David Beckham Separate from that, he was coming to the Philippines, but they put on a little little video, and I was like, "He's gonna get David Beckham here. He's gonna get David Beckham." And then the next day they announced it. But how did it how did it sort of come about? Were you involved in
1: that process? I mean, yeah, I got to say I was yeah. um, because uh, you know, it all started last year. Last year, um, after I ran my first season of the sevens, mm-hmm. um, I started knocking on doors to see if Philam um, would like to come on as a sponsor for the league, right? They couldn't come in for the second season, but I just kept on bugging them, you know, Um, kept on bugging them. And the next year, which was this year, um, January, they said that they needed a football side to uh, fill Mm in life because AIA being the Spurs, I guess, um, sponsor, Mm -hmm. um, have a big influence in soccer out here in Asia. In all of their 18 locations. And all of their 18 locations have a football program. Okay. So they needed to introduce something here. And I pitched in my program, right. and they came out, they took the dive, and after the first day, they were happy and they said, okay, I think we're gonna do this for till the end of 2020. Right. Right. So um, together with Phil Am Life, we we're able to lock that down. But as things went on during the uh, first season with them, Um, They started talking about, okay, let's bring a couple of coaches from the Spurs um, clinic to come out here and run a clinic. We ended up doing that. Then in what? In June. I sort of brought up the whole David Beckham thing. Mm. You know, hey, is David Beckham coming into town or coming to Asia, you know? So they got to looking, and he happened to be out here on a AIA sort of tour. Okay. Um, and happened to be. So in he China. was already an affiliate yeah.
0: member of the AIA, of as, AIA as a group. Yeah,
1: because okay. um, he's their actually their international ambassador. Okay. Okay. So then, um, so he was out here in China, and we were able to divert him because he was supposed to go from China to Japan. Right. We had him spa, uh, spa, come in for a day. Yeah. And was able to do the clinic. So we had him for a good six hours on that Sunday, which <laughs> yeah. was pretty amazing, amazing, you know? yeah. Yeah. So it all, it was all talk, you know? A lot of these people talk a lot. So I didn't want to, you know, put all my eggs in the basket yeah, and yeah. say, okay, David he's Beckham's coming. coming, he's yeah. coming. Um, so I didn't really talk about it too much. right? Um, but then when AIA confirmed it, I just like, shit, all what? right, this and what, and what, is, th- is going to happen. How
0: recently did they actually officially confirm it with you? Like, when did you realize it was actually, it was 100% going to happen?
1: <sighs> about two months ago. Okay. Okay, about two months yeah. ago. So I had to sit on it for, for a good yeah. month um, until we announced it. So they, they had everybody sign yeah. NDAs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing, you know, um, to get someone of that caliber out here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, he's a top 10 celebrity, not just in football, but yeah. of all time, Yeah. you know, you gotta think about it, the way he influences people from lifestyle to fashion, yeah. to sport, to health and wellness, to family. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing what he does. Um And actually being able to be on the field and be one-on-one with him yeah. and see him interact with the kids and stuff. He was all about it. Yeah. You know, one of the things um, that he said was when he was signing autographs, right? We are just like, oh, well, you don't need to sign them all. He goes, well, if I sign one, I got to do them all, you know? So he literally got on his knees and signed every single kid's yeah. shirt out there. You know, that shows the kind of man that he is. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it, was, it was good. It was, it was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm really sad that I, I didn't get to, to be a part of it. Obviously, I was involved with, um, with my other stuff, with, uh, with, with my academy. Yeah. And, but my wife went and obviously i mean my wife was sat with your (laughs) missus and it was like i don't know what happened but what for whatever reason people think it's gonna be rigged but it definitely wasn't rigged right he just pulled my kid out the crowd and said come on come play with me and like what you you said i think is really relevant is that effect that it has like that impact he probably won't Mm -hmm. be able to comprehend that right now but me and me and the missus get will understand the magnitude of it but he'll grow up with that and be like oh my god that's the guy who i've got to play football with that time and that will be a lasting memory for him for the rest of his life, and he's just one of hundreds of kids that he will have influenced off the back of that um,
1: of that one appearance for just that short period of time he exactly. was there. Exactly. You think about it, it'd be like someone like us talking about Michael Jordan calling him out and holding his hand or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. Well, Michael Jordan for basketball. Obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. Or Pele, you know? Yeah. You imagine someone like Pele? No, I think, call, I think Michael so. Jordan is yeah. relevant.
0: Similar, mm-hmm. like. Um, Influence is kind of off the field as well. Like Pele is a footballer, yeah. Yeah, f- footballer, but Michael Jordan is 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 a all completely around. different entity, yeah. right? And, and David Beckham is is of, is of that ilk, I think. Exactly. Maybe not to l- level, maybe not as in terms of impact as a player, because Jordan, Michael Jordan's <laughs> the best basketball player of all time. But certainly in a in a holistic sense, you know, yep. like you said one of the most impactful footballers um, of our generation for sure. Yeah,
1: so I'm happy your kid got to walk away with that. Great. Yeah. How was
0: your interaction with him? Because I know you were buzzing oh. as a fully grown man. You were buzzing as <laughs> hey. well, and you probably still are.
1: No, it was it was amazing. You know, um, like I said, when he came out, he was very easy to talk to. Um, very nice guy. Uh, I didn't even have to guide him to do things. Um, he was the one who would pop into these, uh, I guess, the sessions yeah. and do them with the kids. You know, he's the one. He actually asked me if he could go join the session. Right. And I was just like, please. Yeah. And then when he started playing in the games, I thought he was gonna take it nice and easy. No. And then I saw him running around, so I had to put the mic down and start running around yeah. with him. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's not every day you got to do this. And, yeah. Um, one of the rules uh, on the field was no phones, no videos, no anything from right. any of the coaches yeah. or any of the or my staff. Yeah. I look around, and everybody's doing it. And honestly, I mean, I can't get mad. Yeah. you know cuz if i would have had my phone out there and if i would have had the time to be You're able not to do the one to the rules <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean i mean it's an opportunity of a lifetime yeah, yeah. and to be able to bring this to not only the coaches the parents yeah. but then i mean mainly the, the kids, kids. Yeah. it's 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 awesome yeah you know? yeah
0: yeah i i think one of the things that i took from it as an outsider watching like clips on the photographs and and subsequent sort of videos that came out from it is just the level of enthusiasm that he had for the game, mm-hmm. like I was really taken aback, like you said, of the fact that he's joining in, that he's playing, he's not just sort of walking around, he's really getting involved. <laughs> I remember there was a, there was a clip that was going around of him doing the doing one of the races and his team lost, and he was doing the forfeits <laughs> and stuff like that, and it just made me think, like, um, like having that level of enthusiasm at his age, and he's been involved in football, and he's probably done these things millions uh-huh. of times, but that's a real that's a real sign of just can't explain it he really cares yeah. exactly he, he how yeah. you know how passionate he is for both the sport and and for his role as an ambassador to try and influence people which is something that i think everyone should take more seriously especially people like ourselves in in those types of positions not on the same scale at all but yeah. we're involved in in youth football now and we have to take that responsibility really seriously because the interactions that we
1: have with kids it really counts it really matters oh, big time you know i mean to be honest i mean i was never really a beckham fan you know i thought he was just the pretty boy who would yeah. go out there and play some pretty soccer yeah you know but to see him and see the way he engages with the kids mm. and like you said i mean he's probably done this a million times and after a million time of doing something repetitive you sort of don't want to do it yeah. no more but he was out there and he was doing it so yeah. hats off to him i am now a big fan of yeah him, you know? definitely like uh yeah amazing i'm a big fan I mean,
0: I want to sort of segue a little bit into the Sevens League because mm-hmm. obviously you, the, the partnership with um, with Philam Life is in conjunction with this the Sevens League that, yeah. that you set up, which is going great guns at the moment. Um, my teams have participated in it; it's it's, it's growing yeah, every day, pretty much. But tell us a little bit about how you you ended up um, getting into that um, that tournament space.
1: Well, I mean. It was after, after I sort of stepped back from football. Yeah. I took a break from football. It was about a, almost a year break. Yeah. I didn't even realize how fast oh, I went really, by. Yeah. yeah. But then I was missing the sport, and we were playing on Tuesdays. It was just a group of us getting together, and right. we wanted something more consistent. So I said, hell, let me put up a league. Right. So I put up a seven-a-side league because seven-a-side growing up, it was always fun, you know. Yeah. Um, it would be the tournaments we'd look forward to. So I set up this league, and it got a little bit of traction. It started with eight teams. Then, the next season, it went to ten teams, and we were able to get the semifinals and finals live on TV. Let's start back. I want
0: to go back a little bit first, right? right? So you get you make it sound so easy. Yeah, we got eight teams, and then we just started playing. Like, have you seen the PFL? Right? It's not easy to get eight teams together, right? Come on. So how? Talk me through that process. How how did you how did this Go from being a pie in the sky idea that you just concocted on a Tuesday night after a after a training session with your buddies to actually having an eight team league that was, you know, open to loads of people to participate in.
1: Well, I mean, I guess I'm lucky enough to have kept in touch and be friends with a lot of the football community. Yeah. You know, maybe not the uh, some other people. Yeah, but yeah, great, you, know, you have but some then, friends. Yeah, <laughs> enough, I guess. Right. Yeah. But then um, I was able to speak with them and then book out the field and everything. I mean, it came down to me not wanting to make money, right. but to do it just because I saw a gap and saw that there was a need for it. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. So I ended up doing it, and like I said, I mean, it wasn't just something that filled a gap. It was fun. It was nice mm. to be able to go out there every night, see old friends. Play some good competitive yeah, football yeah, yeah. you know i mean we had we had literally just recent uh ask Al retired players coming out yeah. pros coming out and they we'd be losing to some of these guys yeah. you know so we'd be like shit the competition yeah, was good, good you know be. so um so yeah so then from there uh i was able to go on to the second season yeah um the second season you know it was a bit tough because I had to front the bill for everything, you know? And I mean, with that, it it got me playing soccer again. Um, so I started playing in the, uh, PFL, um, with global at that time. And then, um, yeah. And everything went nice. You know, I mean, I was able to run the league. I was able to play with global again. And then, I also went back to the national team for, yeah. for a little thing. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, you know, uh, that was that was nice. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, no, the second, season, the second season went really well, you yeah. know, and banging on TV5's door to see if they could yeah. just get something, yeah. you know, and put something together. It was actually perfect timing because they wanted to find some promotional material before the Suzuki Cup. Okay. So I told him, okay, this is what I could do for you guys. I'll get together and ask all's legends game yep. and um, I'll have him play against all stars yep. from the sevens. Yep. So they said, okay, if you yep. put that together, we'll air it. Okay. And then, um, they came through and they aired it. Yeah. You know, so everything went well. Uh, I was still knocking on Phil Am's door <laughs> yep. for literally six months. Every month I'd shoot him a message. Yeah. And then finally got that, Call back. I was actually, I'll remember, I was in Dubai um, for New Year's. And probably around the 29th of December, they were just like, uh, I got a random message from Phil M saying, yeah. Hey, are you available to meet? Da, da, da. I think uh, we'll push through with the program. Yeah. I said, Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. here's Perfect. Nice, nice celebration. Nice entry. Yeah. Happy, nice New, entry. Year. Yeah, happy yeah, New Year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, right when I got back here, um, we solidified the deal, um, the partnership. Yeah. And uh when the partnership came about i was able to start incorporating um other divisions not just men so we ended up expanding the 12 men's teams and then we had 32 youth teams across um three segments right um those would be under nine under 11 under 13 under 15 mm-hmm. and then we also had eight women's teams mm-hmm. uh i wanted to sort of bring because i used to I used to like to go out and party a lot, you know. No. Really? <laughs> nah, you know, every now and then. I mean <laughs> Every now, every night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah, so I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed being out and bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if I could start creating this community where it's not just the youth coming in together with the men's, yeah. but then also bring in the women's, now we sort of have a nice little community. Yeah coming out there every Sunday. So I introduced, you know, food and drinks outside. So we had concessions um, and we were there literally from 2 p.m. all the way until 10 p.m. at night. Um, That was season three. And now, I mean, it's season four and we got 12 women's teams. We got 22 men's teams in two divisions. And then we have 32 youth teams in two segments. And then we're going to start including um, a new program called the socials, um, which is to bring the awareness. It'll be it'll be pretty much like open play for under five year olds, you know, so just bring your five year old out. It'll be all free football and we're going to sort up uh, uh, sort up games and everything for all the kids. That's starting next year And that will start No, we'll start that We're going to go on trial November 24
0: Perfect, my kid's five
1: Alright, perfect There we go Right there, he's going yeah, to One registrant Your kids should not Come and play why he, sh- he should be playing with the under nines man no, what are we talking about your, kid just, is, your no, kid's so good no chance no hey, chance Mum would never allow that <laughs> although that
0: was the whole thing right david beckham he said i'm too small i'm too small yeah. so, no you're yeah. never too small
1: he was out there we got him kicking the ball yeah i know, you know? only because you had a really awesome. bad touch on that clip. <laughs> that's why so thank
0: you for that making it look good anyway we sort of digressing
1: okay um one thing that i
0: i i sort of want to touch upon with the whole sevens mm-hmm. Seventh thing for me is i'm looking at some of the things that you're saying about getting the league up and running Mm -hmm. you know um you're banging on people's doors right okay great you're trying to create this community you know um you're trying to it's it's like a holistic thing it's not just about right let's try and do this from the top down let's focus on where potentially maybe the money might be or where the sponsors might be. This has happened quite organically by the sounds of it. It's born out of the idea of, I just want to play with my friends and then I just want to bring my friends and their families together and then use football as the vehicle to sort of piece this all together. And what seems to have spawned off the back of this is is an environment that is conducive for football. Mm this is this is from the outside looking in and, and then what's happened off the back of that is all these other things right so like you said they can come into town um you're providing a platform for the women to play you all of these things and one thing that i for me i don't understand is how have you been able to do it how have you been able to do it like like what i don't we end up talking about you as, as some sort of messiah figure or pied piper <laughs> or something i don't know i'm not here to sort of yeah. blow smoke up your bum but you know how have you got to this? Because there's plenty of people in positions of far greater power than you, no disrespect, but much more powerful individuals than you have not been able to get anywhere near the level of success in such a short period of time.
1: Passion. Yeah. You know, passion and I think a lot of experience, you know. um, I can't say experience from business. Uh, I was always a grinder, you know. I mean, I worked every type of job possible. But then, I mean... I was never sort of an entrepreneur type, right, so I mean, going back to it, it's just passion and experience experience as a player, right I'm taking my experiences from playing with you, um, experiences from especially the national team and seeing how events would be operated mm-hmm. you know um, and how things sort of worked, yeah. you know the flow of everything yeah and that's sort of what I want to provide for, you know, for everybody who can experience it because-
0: You mean in, in a better way? Provide yeah, a better experience exa- than, than the one that you experience Is exa- that what you're saying? Exactly, okay. you
1: know. Um, well, not necessarily better, but I want to provide people with the experience of sort of some professionalism. Okay. You know, because a lot of these players who come out and play, they've never played at the top level, Right. right? So if you could sort of make them feel or make them um, sort of experience that, Mm. then the more they're going to enjoy it, you know. I mean, and that, I think, is what's helped out a lot, you know, bringing experiences and opportunities to all of these players Mm. um, out in the league have helped push them to support the league, you know. I mean, when it comes down to running these programs and projects, if the person's not present, then will they really support it as much as they would if they are there hmm. you know what i'm yeah, saying
0: 100%
1: and i think that that's what makes the difference you know i mean i enjoy being out there on a sunday i'll stay there from 10am from setting up all the way till 11pm till we close down the lights yeah you know and being out there i think uh helps out a lot with the way things work the way things are operated um the team see i'm out there and i think that's what actually keeps everything together you have to sort of build that community you have to build the support of the people because if you don't have the people out there then how's it going to be sustainable you know it's not going to be sustainable so that's where these people are all backwards you know in a way it's just I'm not saying that the PFF isn't doing their job because maybe they're you know they have their hands tied because of FIFA who knows but I know that they could do better, you know. Everybody knows that they could do better. Um, and we all hope that it happens one day. I, I, I'm,
0: never a truer word has been spoken, I don't think, on this show. I mean, <laughs> you talk so much sense with, um, with what you're saying there. Like, just as an example I'll give you is, is in the most recent game against China, you know, I, I looked at the, the statistics of the, of the um, attendances sure. around Southeast Asia. I think I saw Cambodia had something like 43,000 at their game the other day. And I think we had 2,900. And of those 2,900, how many were Filipino? How many of them were Chinese? Um, why, why the price hike? Why are we, why are we jacking up the price? Oh, so we all know, right? We all know. We assume that there's going to be a bunch of Chinese people filling the stands and then they're going to make a bunch of money. but what you said is so true if you want something to be successful you've got to put in the sweat equity Mm -hmm. you've got to be willing to go out there and build that community I mean build the community it's not as simple as rocking up putting up a few banners and expecting people to show up Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen people are not going to show up for games if people are not going to show up for the games who's going to televise those games if they're not going to televise those games who's going to sponsor those events if you're not going to get any sponsors then where's the money going to come from and then it becomes a vicious circle and then all you're going to have is this continuing cycle of mediocrity will be great because it's not even mediocrity at <laughs> the moment right, right. Um, mediocrity would be an improvement mm-hmm. so you know what you're saying i think is, is is spot on and if you're not willing to put in the hard yards if you're not willing to go out there and like you said you're visible mate i went to a i went to one of the sevens i came from another session and i saw you refereeing a game because I think one of the referees either ha- hadn't showed up or well, they, they weren't doing a job, right. So unrefereeing refereeing his game. I'm thinking, hold on a minute, you refereed the game, you then, after you finished that game, you went and organised the other games that were going on and then you put your shirt on and then you went and played in the game, <laughs> all within the space of about two hours. And like you said, then I'm, I'm guessing, I wasn't there till the lights were switched off, but then I'm guessing you're packing up the stuff, right, you're putting things in the boxes, you're turning the lights off, locking up and then going home. But that's what you're willing to do in order to make it successful. Question is: Is anyone else? Is anyone that's, else?
1: That's the thing, man. You know, that's the thing. Um, who's going to be out there? Who's going to do that grinding? Um, you know, it, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to say, "Hey, you know, my, I've done a good job and stuff like that." You know, I'm not even close to the end. Yeah. You know, um, I'm. I'm just beginning when it comes down to this stuff here, but. Hopefully, this sort of motivates some other people to start doing the same thing. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, I've I've reached out and I've met some actually some good people who actually care about football out here, and hopefully, um, some of the things that we'd be doing together for the future. Yeah, will definitely create that awareness. Do you
0: want to talk about yeah. a little bit about your plans? We we're talking a little bit, weren't we, off mic about yeah. some of the plans? I mean, you've got some great ideas coming up for your sevens program. So, so what else? I mean. You disclose what you want. I mean, I don't mean to give everyone the blueprint, and someone else runs off. I go and run off and do the same thing. You know what I
1: mean? No, it's no problem. I mean, it's it's stuff that's out there, and it's stuff that you know. I would like people to know it's uh, because we do have a direction um, when it comes down to the sevens. You know, of course, we want to promote the sport of football. Number one. Yeah. Number two, um, we do also now that we see sevens has um, has a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. We want to start growing it, um, not just locally but internationally. Yeah. Um, and number three, I mean, the end goal would be to have a World Cup. You know, when it comes down to an athlete, um, when creating a sport, technically is what we're doing right. over here. Um, you have to find out what the end goal is for an athlete. Yeah. And that would be playing for their country, playing in the World Cup. Um, and if we could provide that, then you could figure out a pathway from the youth all the way to the national level. Mm-hmm. And me being able to branch out to Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, um, has me having an international tournament for Seven side football. Mm-hmm. And now Do I have... Do you have an
0: idea when that's going to start?
1: That'll be end of February. End of February, next yeah. year, okay. Yep, end of February next year. So with that being said, now it's all about plugging the gaps in between. Right. So um, one of the programs that we're going to be kicking off is an awareness program called the Socials. -hmm. It'll be free football for, you know, mainly under five years old, but then we also want to set up a main field for adults to play. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so then if the adults want to let their kids go off and do this whole nice, fun program, um, they could get their boots on and they could go play. Nice. And at the same time, we want to bring some nice food, um, music going on, and stuff like that, just to create a nice, sort of almost picnic type of environment. All right, that's all about building the community. Yeah. then I have the league, which uh, has the awareness now. And from the league, we're looking at an elite training program. Okay. So we'll be inviting the top performers from the youth segment to be put in a training program um, being done by ex-national team players. And we just want to make them feel special. Yeah. You know, these kids um, who excel in the sport, we want to motivate them to be able to feel like they could get to that next level and i feel a program like this where we reward them for being um top of their age group yeah um would motivate them and would push them because in the end what it comes down to i want to start helping kids um get scholarships and stuff like that to to schools you know i mean i did the whole process myself as a you know growing up um and it wasn't an easy process mm. you know i was out there emailing all these coaches from, from here yeah. and and trying to get scholarships um luckily i was able to get one i ended up getting it done going over there finishing up college over there yeah and that's what i want to be able to provide these kids but give them an easier way to get it done yeah you know um because not everybody has the ability to be able to just you know go out and do things themselves yeah You know, so that's that's uh, one of the programs that we're looking to do. And then all of those then lead into our events, which are going to be these bigger events where it's the Campeon Cup. We held one um, last July where it's a selection team or an all-star team from each of my leagues. So I have leagues now in Bacolo, Davao, Iloilo. We're going to be kicking off in Cebu, um, Batangas and Pampanga. Okay. So then we're gonna have seven leagues kicking off um, February next year also. Next year, okay. Yeah, so it's busy, man. Yeah, it's very busy. busy.
0: <laughs> one thing I would like to um, congratulate you on or, or commending you on really is you're a man with a vision. You, you have a vision and you know, you, one of the things that I've noticed when I work, especially in this youth space, is everything's just about getting, getting this weekend's games done, getting this round of games done getting this season done. What's the real plan? Like, what's the real plan? Like, what's the <laughs> big picture plan? Like, you, ever since I've known you, you you've, 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 you've had sort of like, you've been a bit of a dreamer. Like, you've had big ideas. And so, sometimes it's like, you're just, you're just trying to figure out how you're gonna, how you're gonna paint the picture, almost. Mm. Like, you say, oh, I've got this, I've got this idea. But I've always known you as a worker. You've always been a like, very hard grafted, never shied away from doing, doing that. You were as a player and then you were off the field as well. But to see you talk in those terms and and give that sort of big picture perspective, and then also be able to say right with a lot of clarity, this is how I intend to go about it. I think it puts a lot of people to shame, because there's people out there, like I said, in with the opportunities, much bigger, much better, with a better platform than you have, and you've come and come and done it. <laughs> and um, yeah, what you've been doing is amazing. And um, I'm hoping that you can continue on with the success of the league. I mean, we 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 we've, we've supported it. We'd like to get involved a bit more, but I think what you're doing in that space is is unbelievable. So
1: thanks, I hope we
0: can continue. That's all I'm going to say. That's that, nice about Yeah, you.
1: that's why that coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. you know, I can be nice sometimes. I must be doing something good. Maybe, you know? <laughs> maybe,
0: because I, I, I want to sort of talk a little bit about how we got to know each other initially. Um, sort of take a backward step from from that and talk a little bit about, um, my first meeting with you. Um. The first time I met you was 2004 um, and that would have been, 2004, 2005, 2000 no, 2004. Four. 2004, maybe 2004. 2003. No, 2004 it was. Um, Coach Aris had come up with this crackpot idea that he was going to get players born abroad or raised abroad <laughs> or um, exposure to um, you yeah, know playing in different countries. He was going to bring them in and pair them off with the best local bass players to start building a national team for the future. Yeah. Of which I was part of the first wave. Um, I've sort of put you in between those two brackets, right? Because you're kind of half and half. Um, but alongside me and Chad, um, I met... Uh, I was at Darren Hartman, he came over as well in that, in that mix. Uh, <laughs> I, met, I met Ali Borromeo and, and you. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden I see this... Well, the initial first time I think I met you, you were dressed as 70s tennis stars. I think that that's the first time. That was definitely the first time. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I think Ali was like, yeah, come and meet this guy. Uh, yeah. W- why is he dressed like a 70s? Boris Becker. Boris Becker or, yeah. Like, um, John McEnroe that time. I'm thinking, oh my, this is going to be a national team. Right what have I walked into? Um, but then we, we, we obviously joined the camp. And I remember, we, I mean, it was quite an arduous process, wasn't it? That Those those oh, days yeah. back at ultra, um, you know, 6 a.m. trainings for, you know, in, in, I mean, it's pitch black, wasn't it? In the dark. And then we were going out at four o'clock in the raging heat. Yeah, um, nice. What can you remember from those days? Because this is, just for the listeners, the, the tournament that we were preparing for at the time was the Tiger Cup 2004. Yeah. Um, Coach Harris had just been given the the job. This is his first assignment um and then we had a training camp that started i want to say early november for the tournament which was going to start later on in december of 2004 does that sound about right
1: yeah yeah i think we were in the i think we were in the camp for about two months yeah yeah i think we were already in the camp so maybe late october uh, early november yeah, something yeah like that right yeah so f- what can you yeah. remember from those, those at that, that time? What, you remember much? The double days for one month straight? Yeah. you remember those? What, six days a week? Yeah. Right? Oh, if man. we were lucky to get a Sunday off? Unbelievable. You know, I mean, playing on a field like Ultra, where we'd have nails and glass on the field, you know? Hey, but those were the good old days. You know, those were the, I mean, I enjoyed those days because those showed a lot of character. You know, it built a lot of character. Um the people who would actually be willing to stick around and do it for the country and do it for you know do it for the sport of football yeah and i mean i I love everybody today but i'm really not sure if everybody would actually go through the grind that we went through you know i mean having to go you know i remember a training camp that we went to in Iloilo, and we were we were literally sleeping on wood like this and we'd be training seven days a week twice a day for a whole month yeah you know i mean training camps like this it's (laughs) yeah no they were crazy yeah but 2004 man that was that was a great year for us i think you know um that established us as national team players yeah and i mean we carried that i think we carried that really well yeah i mean what do you remember from those camps do you remember much about the process from the camps, what doing Cooper tests in the morning and yeah. then playing in the afternoon, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean Coach Aries, uh, he was he was old school then. Yeah, you know? I mean well, the game has evolved a lot yeah. since then, and together with coaching styles. Yeah, so I mean you know back in the day how they train was almost boot camp style yeah, it was. And, and that's the kind of that's the kind of training that we had to go through man yeah. um
0: describe describe what what was a what did a week look like what was the tra- training training regimen for anyone you know I'm, who can't really picture what it was like because I I live for it it's only true so what, <laughs> what, what
1: how would you describe it ah uh, man when we talk about a grind that was that was a grind yeah you know I mean in all words but it wasn't a nice grind. Yeah, you know, it was. It was one of those, you know, the atmosphere that you're in. Um, because there was a big separation between, um, the, the armed force players yeah. and us. Yeah, you know, and because it was littered with
0: that them oh, at yeah. the time. They, yeah. they were the premier team.
1: Yeah, most the, of the players came from the armed forces. Air force, army, navy. Yeah, and man, we go out there and we go get kicked freaking every day by these guys. Yeah. You know, but we we take the shit. You know, um, and deservingly so you know i mean whenever someone new comes into uh what the others feel like we're taking over Mm -hmm. or coming into someone else's territory it's only natural you know and i think that's what made us good players or better players you know because the more shit that we were able to take the more we could give out on the field yeah you know so that's what made us really strong out there um and seeing that we went through all of this together i think that's what built the whole 2010 team I think that's
0: spot on like I I can remember I can I can visibly remember the sessions where Aris he'd be quite cute I mean he's a a bright guy isn't he coach Aris he's a smart guy and he would pair you off against people in your direct position or he'd pair you off against someone who he knew that could be there could be potential for fireworks here and then he just let you go at it Mm -hmm. and it was a baptism of fire because if you couldn't handle it you were never going to handle it. You're going go to go Indonesia and play in front of 90,000 people, were you? If you can't handle it here. Exactly. So I remember getting, oh, I remember the first couple of days, you just got, those armed forces guys were brutal. They'd <laughs> just come in, smash you. Then you just go back in the afternoon and just go and take some more. Yep. And we were probably, what, not 20, 21 at the time, somewhere like that. Yeah, and I think I was 22. Yeah, yeah 22? So you are a, a bit older than me. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think it was a real, it was a steep learning curve. Because it wasn't about football it was yeah. men- you just had to be oh, yeah. men- mentally strong like and it wasn't like you could get respite we were going back to the dorms and sleeping on <laughs> these horrific you know 12-man right? be- bunk beds you know with people washing their dirty underpants like on there <laughs> you know what i mean it's stinking up the room it's like, yeah what is this but you did it because you wanted to play mm-hmm. and you did it because the, the end goal at that time was to represent the country and get your yeah, 300 dollars. Um, stipend for for the f- you got 300 how much you get damn I think I got like 100 150 bit. Oh, no. oh, no. they paid <laughs> me extra um, so yeah I, I fully I fully agree I think it really was I mean, looking back I mean from that group there was there was probably six or seven of us that came through at the same time that would end up being a part of that Suzuki Cup team in 2010 obviously yourself yeah. me um, Ali Borromeo Mm-hmm. uh Chief chiefy Henaire Henaire. Henaire. was in there at that time um you yeah. know renetta, renetta you yeah. of, know of of our of yeah. our class yeah. and obviously the two two years later a year later we the phil and james came yeah. on board for Sea for game mm-hmm. so the nucleus of that squad was formed out of those those yeah. couple of training camps really yep yep
1: yep and it was i mean they were they were great experiences man yeah you know um you know, Ali often says it when he does his talks to to team talks and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, those are the days. These are the days you're going to remember. Yeah. And it really are. You know, yeah. I mean, you look back and you look at your football past and it's they are the days that you remember in football. Yeah. You know, because um, it was such a – I think our team, you know, that team, we grew up, you know, knowing that it was more than just coming out there playing um, you know playing the sport of football yeah we knew that we were actually playing for each other we knew that we could make the country better yeah and i mean and slowly but surely we put the pieces together man you know i mean who was next we had jason and neil come out in 2007 um eddie in 2008 remember that again yeah yeah Yeah. your brother yeah 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 um simon and phil and then um and then rob gear yeah was a big one in two thousand nine, yeah. you know? Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I mean that that whole it all led up into that two thousand ten team. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was great. Yeah. You know, that experience right there, um, we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah. You know, I look back, I'm just like playing in front of ninety two thousand people. Yeah. Shit. Not even other pros who play at higher level yeah, you could no. say they played in front of this many no. people, you know. Plus another ten thousand, fifteen thousand on the way to the stadium. Yeah,
2: at
0: least probably yeah. probably a lot more.
1: I was surprised we made it to the stadium. Yeah, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah,
0: unbelievable, wasn't it? Thought Un- they were gonna tip over the bus. Unbelievable. Man. Is that probably your fondest memory, you think that, that Suzuki Cup t- campaign of, of the national team? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, but all starting from Vietnam, dude. Yeah. Actually from Singapore when you scored that yeah. race, you know Yeah. The whole run up. I was I was talking to somebody the other day about the whole run up um to the 2010 um, games. So. Yeah. And if you look back, you're just like, oh, how did this happen? How did we accomplish what we accomplished? You know, um, from the crap that was going on with the PFF. Yeah. You know, um, all the corruption that was coming out. Yeah. Um, to getting spanked eight zero by a second division tie team. Yeah. To getting on the phone with you. Because you're on some holiday vacation traveling the world to get you out to Mm -hmm. um, Vietnam, literally the day before we kick off against Singapore. Yeah. We're all going out to Singapore hoping that, you know, hoping for a tie, but we're expecting to lose one, two, you know, one, two, zero. And then you come on and you score that goal, you know? I mean, and then we tie the game. And we talk about Vietnam. Then you know, taking it game game yeah. by game, we talk about Vietnam. Wouldn't it be cool if you know? Same talks. Wouldn't it be cool if we tied this game? Yeah. Dot dot dot. And I'll remember. Oh man, that game when we scored our first goal off of your shoulder. No, I was it like, wasn't. It was a cross. It was cross for me t- to your shoulder. No, I had. It. <laughs> Uh, I'm the, a, it's such a lie. The, get, the spin on that ball was a great cross. From, <laughs> it was
0: from me across. I don't know why people keep think, calling it the shoulder. But uh, anyway, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, this is your pod, This is your episode. <laughs> so you could, if you want to call it the shoulder, you can. It's up to you. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, yeah. but
1: two goals. Two goals. Two games for <laughs> you. <laughs> Prolific. Yeah. You know that was awesome. And then um, when we countered and got that second goal, I'll always remember. I'll, I'll remember this moment because Ali, one of my best friends, you know. um and we grew up we started doing this together i looked over at him and we have this look (laughs) of like what the you know holy we're about to do this yeah right the game a whistle blows and i think all of us are just in shock we're all just running around with some crazy freaking face yeah i can't believe it you know and i think that game gave us the confidence to Know that we could do so much better. Yeah, you know, because um, that game, we walked into that Myanmar game, you know, without any worries. Yeah, yeah. You know, we walked in there confident, knowing that we're gonna at least walk out of here with a tie. Which easy. is what we needed. Yeah, that's what we
2: needed.
0: Yeah,
1: and then that's what we did, and we ended up going to Indonesia. Yeah, I mean the Indonesia game. When it comes down to, you know, best experiences. <laughs> Indonesia best experience. Yeah. But the game that meant the most Vietnam. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. You know, I mean, those two games, they were those are the ones that always just pop yeah. back into the memories. Yeah. Bro. You know, I mean, not being able to talk to each other out on that field. Ha. Huh, I'd be this close to you and you shouted and you yeah. you wouldn't even hear me. No. You know? So, I mean, being in an atmosphere like that, yeah. it's just yeah, it's crazy. It's something that I wish everybody could just experience yeah. just once, because yeah. then they'd be, yeah, you know. I mean, it was, it was great. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: very difficult to describe. There was a video that was going around. It might have been a m- month or so ago, but it came up on my feed the other day, and it was someone. I think it. It might have been someone's mum or dad or a friend. Where they vid. There video in the game from the from the crowd, and this is 2010, so it's not like a, you know, a high-end <laughs> iPhone or anything. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty kind of yeah. pixelated. Um, they managed to capture the the second game, and it was the Christian Gonzalez goal. Oh. And when that goes in the net, the noise—I mean, he's trying to hold the phone. the guy's trying to hold the phone, and it's just—you he he just he can't he could, like the just the reverberations of the whole stadium is just—it's—it's it's just on a level that I've, i remember the noise. I remember the noise when that ball went in the net. It was—it is the loudest noise I've yeah. ever heard in my life. And um, even though we 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 lost those two games like you said like just the whole experience the atmosphere like just gives me goosebumps yeah, right? just thinking about it
1: and i mean you can't take those losses as getting nothing out of them yeah you know i mean we were out in indonesia playing against 92,000 people in both games away yeah when we should have had one home game at yeah. least right to be able to say we came out with a 1-0 loss to that Indonesian side yeah, they, they because were, they were, they were strong, a good mate. team. They
0: should have won that tournament. Yeah. They were the best team in that tournament by a you while. Know?
1: And, I mean, to be able to put up that sort of um, game against them, yeah. man, it was, it was awesome. You know, I mean, we came back home and life was different. Yeah. Did, you envisage, did you ever envisage
0: things would go this way? After no, 2010, no did you ever think it would, it would blow up as it, No However, chance. It did. you didn't think so? No chance.
1: No. No, not at all, man. Did you think I we just,
0: a... you, well, I was, you were, were you living here in the, at the time? Were you living in the yeah. Philippines at the time? Did you, did you think you'd just come home and it would be a couple of days? Yeah. Just normal, yeah. Yeah. And then go back to normal.
1: Yeah. Afterwards it all just, yeah, it was all just different after that. Yeah. You know? I mean, in a good way. Yeah. You know, um, up came all of these youth academies. Yeah. Um, the level of football got much, much better. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't just concentrated on armed forces players now. Now you have players spread across the country yeah. from different universities, Um, you know, people like Jovin uh, yeah. from Iloilo. You know, I mean, you got people like that just popping out of nowhere yeah. um, playing and showcasing themselves and earning that opportunity to play for the country and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean you know you look back to what we did and we sort of opened up that opportunity to to all of these people when it came down to the sport of football i think one of the good things about (laughs) what
0: happened sort of post 2010 i mean a lot of things i mean a lot of us then were able to create our own identities in, in the public domain i think that was quite interesting i think one of the things that um the, the public footballing um, public at the time noticed was that we all had our own different personalities. One of the, like you know, you had like, I feel would be the poster boy. You'd have Chiefy would be the homegrown star, right? You had, um, you, you sort of a colourful character. The bad one. Yeah. Are you the bad one as well? How I many... Yeah, maybe the bad... Uh, oh, you're the bad, uh, bad boy. Well, I think you're the I mean, bad the, boy.
1: Well, just because I didn't take shit, really. Yeah, okay. No.
0: Maybe an outspoken one. Well, Ali yeah. would be like, you know... The cap captain, yeah. and he would project that figure. Mm-hmm. So I think that was quite nice, and I think from, from that spawned like... Th- there was a very distinct identity, I felt, at that yeah. time about like, what the Azkals were and what they represented. And... Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that I noticed a lot sort of post 2010 was that everyone was able to sort of forge their own sort of personal identity yeah. and what was great about it was that the fans really latched onto that and engaged with it. yeah did you notice that that sort of, oh, yeah. time yeah a lot.
1: I mean, you weren't here for no yeah you you missed out on a lot of it, you know yeah. I mean um when did you move back here 2012
0: 2013 yeah yeah see, January 2013 yeah so you weren't around for no
1: uh, a lot the of the next it.
0: time I came back was for David Beckham's game here. A, yeah, a-, 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 a galaxy. galaxy, so that, that would yeah. have been December of that following year, 20, yeah. 2011.
1: 2011, yeah, okay, yeah. See, so I mean, um, well, the follow through from everything, yeah, you, miss, you missed a lot, you missed out, you know. Um, but it was, it was good, it was a good experience. Um, you know, people go around and say as if we're celebrities and stuff, but no, we, 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 we don't. we. That's not us, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I mean, accidental. T- accidental oh, celebrities yeah. if anything, yeah. Still to this day it's just, you know, we're just guys playing the sport that we love, yeah. you know, and promoting the sport that we love and we're hoping that it sort of inspires other people, Yeah. you know. Um we don't look at ourselves like that. And I don't think uh, mo- well, most of us don't don't want that or no. don't need that, you no. know. Um so that's why it was always a nice thing between all of us. Yeah. You know, none of us wanted the spotlight. Um We all just wanted to go out there and do what we do yeah which was play the sport yeah you know and for the country yeah and i mean it showed that if if we do what we do you know and put in the work and grind and we do what we are passionate about that we could accomplish something yeah and i think that's that's sort of showing when it comes down to my work too yeah definitely you know so it's almost it's the same characters um same traits yeah you know um and that means that any one of us could go out and go accomplish what we need to yeah. accomplish it's just taking the time to do it yeah. you know and finding the right thing i think also one of the good things about what happened post 2010 was that the
0: league was then then formed for, and yeah. was, was sort of spawned from that mm-hmm. obviously there had been um a few sort of tournaments that had been ongoing throughout that sort of period when i was when we started 2004 there there was some sort of how we got semi pro amateur leagues, I guess yeah. you could probably call it. I remember going to watch you playing for Kaya at Nomads, you know, back <laughs> in the day. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was just, it was, yeah, yeah it was fun. I mean, it was, it was, it,
1: it was Sunday football, Sunday but fo- then yeah. at the same time, it was very high Sunday football. Yeah, no, I no, think it was, yeah. it was
0: probably better than that, I would yeah. say. Like, because you used to the armed forces guys and they would probably train every day, yep. right? So it was the level wise, I think it, it wasn't that bad. But then obviously, we were looking to, all the, um, the powers that be were looking to,
1: Professionalised.
0: Professionalised, although technically I think it was still an amateur league at that point, but it it certainly became professional over over time. And and that start of the United Football League, UFL, um, was one of the reasons why, or certainly why I came back Mm -hmm. and why people started to migrate back to to the Philippines. Um, Obviously, you were at Kaya before... The, the the ufl right and you, you sort of played in that that team for
1: 1998
0: yeah so if you'd already been there yeah. for, a, for, a, for a really long time mm-hmm. um but yeah talk, talk to me i wasn't there until two, 2013 was my first year what do you remember of the early days of the of the ufl when you were when you were suiting up for kaya
1: it was great yeah i i you know we all loved the ufl um the ufl was we talk about um carrying over uh what happened in 2010 yeah the ufl was one of the great things that happened you know um we were playing uh games in and out um we had how many teams i think 20 teams With plus two leagues, divisions yeah you know um the competition level was good we had people coming from all over the world coming out yeah. to play here um and then we started getting a fan base too yeah you know i mean some games we pack out um emperor door stadium yeah and it's it's just you know you look back at that and you're just like damn they they had it together yeah Yeah, we we had had it It. it, we had it you know yeah and this is what i mentioned earlier you know i mean people were so caught up on you know afc and stuff like that when i feel if they would have just focused on what was here yeah and care about growing the sport of football here, then we could have worried about AFC later on. Yeah, You know, we still were too young to sort of split up that community. Yeah, And that's what happened. You know, when we took out the games from McKinley Hill Stadium, moved them to Rizal, um, started charging for tickets and stuff. Yeah. We went from having, you know, maybe a thousand fans per game to 50 to 100 fans a game you know and that's sort of that's it derailed us a little bit didn't it uh, uh, i even remember looking at the the games like at umac
0: this is before i was even here Mm -hmm. i remember umac was packed yeah you know had the tv cameras were there um fans were just loving it yeah loving it like packed out really enthusiastic about watching their teams play watching their the other people they'd seen on on tv play um and it's a shame that there seemed to be that sort of momentum yeah. lost over that sort of two or three year period once the UFL exactly. sort of changed, you know? um, changed its format.
1: I mean, a lot of it. There was a lot of um, attention still on the Ascals too. You know, I mean, every time the Ascals had a game, yeah, they they'd get a nice big crowd. Yeah, but I just think it all wasn't managed well. Right. You know, I mean, from the Ascals to um, well, I'm not saying the UFL wasn't managed. Well, I think yeah. the U- UFL was managed yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but it was just that one decision to focus on the AFC. The compliance um, yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rather than, you know, um, working on the sport itself in the country. Because yeah. over here in the Philippines, it's a different beast. You know, I mean, it's not like football in any of these other Asian countries. Mm. Because football out here is what? The number five sport. Yeah. If you look at it, you can't just. Think that things, you know, you you can't just you can't just expect things yep. to follow just because you know you have you the follow. Yeah. yeah you know, so, I mean, it's just these little things. I wish, you know, if we could turn back time and what would you do? You know,
0: if you if you like, come on right and Anton, he's, he is what he is now, right? So you've gone in. You're now if you're in charge of of all the uh, logistical side of if, uh, if we could. UFL PFL whatever it. Whatever it my if we could day. turn back time,
1: yeah. I would have done a UFL, kept the UFL. Yeah. But then I would have set up and I would have kept the UFL in Emperor Door Stadium. Yeah. Okay. I w I wouldn't have changed it. I think it's a perfect venue, no track around it, people yeah. get engaged with the sport. Yeah. You know, um, and that's very important. Yeah. But what I would have also done, I would have set up UFL sort of affiliated leagues in other locations, you know. Maybe set one up in Cebu, set one up in um, Bacolod, set one up in Iloilo, Davao. You know, so you have these other leagues where people can play at the recreational, not so professional level, right? And then you have a feeding ground to the professionalism. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't just focus on Manila, right? And that's that's what happened with the PFL though. The PFL then tried to expand out when there was no support at all. Yeah. Which then completely killed our leagues. You know? Um the UFL it's was slowly on that downhill slope. Yeah. You know, but what after they moved to Rizal yeah. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. After they moved to Rizal it was it started going downhill. Yeah. The Askals they were um they were playing too many games, yeah. I think. It wasn't that special anymore. Yeah. Um they lost their sort of affinity with the people. Yeah. You know, um they weren't tapping into the community and relating with the community as much as they should have. Yeah. You know. So a lot was reflected on the Askals and when the Askals started losing their popularity, then it sort of s- killed a lot of the momentum. Yeah. You know. So I mean, it was two main things there. Yeah. Uh the Askals and then the the I guess the change of where from the UFL went from Mega World or from Emperor Door Stadium to the other one, you know?
0: I I think you're you're spot on with the the building of the community thing, you know? It's, um, if you look at, let's say, Europe, for example, a lot of these teams, if you go to a stadium, let's say you go to a stadium in England, a lot of the um, football stadiums are surrounded by um, small terraced housing. The reason being is a lot of them are, um, it will be the sports team of, the industrial part of town right so you'd have all the mm-hmm. workers would live in these t- in the terraced houses and yeah. then on the weekend they'd go and play for their teams that's why a lot of the football stadium were, were in like these not maybe the new ones obviously but the older stadiums are certainly built in, in in those types of pla- uh, locations yes. because obviously the people would go to work in the factories or whatever monday to friday then on a saturday they go and watch their guys go and play mm-hmm. against other guys from the other factories or the other communities whatever yeah. so but then you build that affinity. So you build the affinity within your community because you're seeing the representation of your people playing on the weekend, right? Yep. So then you build affinity for that group. And then from there, you build that tribalism. You build that sense of pride within your, your community. Yes. And then yep. that's when you build those bonds. Mm-hmm. And then from there, that's how you build your fan bases. That's how you build your rivalries, rivalries. right? And then that's yep. how you're able... Then obviously later on, that's how we, you're able to monetize that through merchandise, through TV mm-hmm. rights, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to build the community. What I couldn't understand was like, let's say if you just plonk a, uh, a team in, in Cebu, or Iloilo, or Davao, whatever, and expect people to just to show up, it's not gonna work no. that way. No. It's not gonna work. Filipinos are not stupid, <laughs> they are not <laughs> stupid. Like you think he's gonna just rock up and just set up, and then everyone's gonna show up. It's not gonna happen. Um, you need to foster that relationship. You need to build that. Exactly. And if you're not gonna do it, Filipinos are smart, and they'll just go, no, no thanks no right. thanks I'll, I'll, I'll go I can understand why you go and watch basketball you can relate to those people mm-hmm. you, you see a projection of yourself in those individuals you know are you able to identify with some of these guys probably not I And mean, unless so if you never met them we never seen them or you never you know, you know you can't identify with these people why would you go out and spend your hard earned money and
1: support them to go watch them, it's not right? going to happen that's why so I mean that's, that's very key you know like you said community you know, you got to build that community behind the behind what you're really trying to accomplish. Yeah, because without that community, then you're just going to be flying solo. And yeah. if you're flying solo, then you're not going to make it. You know, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and uh, that's what we're trying to do with the sevens. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't you know, hopefully it turns out to be the right, I guess, uh, the right pattern or the right structure to be able to kick off football properly Um, and that's what I want to use. I mean, from each of the locations where I've set up the sevens, um, which is why I have the Campion Cup, because eventually I want the communities out there from each of the sevens locations to be able to build that community because, I mean, these guys who are selected to represent their league is not only representing their league and them. But then they're representing the city region, itself. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. why. So then um there's a pride out of that, I guess. Exactly, right. You know, I mean, growing up in the States, um, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of the Warriors, of the Giants, of the Niners. Yeah. Because I grew up there. Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't want to be a fan of anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And that's sort of what I want to start building in these yeah. in these areas. Okay. You know, so from each of these selection teams that come out and play in the next Campion Cup. I hope that they start getting the support yeah. of the people be in the city itself.
0: Yeah. Okay, you know? interesting. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk about something else now. Yeah. You talk about community. Let's do it. You built you a community. I came over, joined your community at Kaya. Mm-hmm. Then you left. Then you left. And I was there on my own. <laughs> so so I, 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 want to, I want to put... Yeah, I, said, I told you before I'm going to put you on the spot with this because I wasn't happy about yeah. it. And it's taken me a long time. So, so yes, you were there for how long? How many years were you at the club?
1: I was at Kaya for 15 years. 15 years? (laughs) Yeah. I'm there for two and then you leave. Yeah. What's going on? What happened? You know, when it came down to it, you know, it wasn't about money or nothing. Yeah. No. Shit. The difference in money and salary between from Kaya to where I went to was about 5,000 pesos or something like that. Nothing big, right? But I... I stuck around for fifteen years. Yeah. Um and I just I needed to test to see um how committed uh Kaya would be yeah, to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean uh you know it's it's just something that I needed to find out because I saw um other, you know, players um who have been around yeah. get released and stuff. You yeah. Know? Or not coming up and being supported. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I understand, I understand, you know, in time it turns into a business, Yeah. right? So this is why I wanted to see if, you know, if we're at that business side or if we're at the, you know, let me uh, sort you out because you've been committed for 15 years, yeah. right? And so when I went up to the management, they didn't want to budge on you know that whole little bit that i was asking for right i really didn't need that i just needed them to say yes and i probably wouldn't have even taken the 5000 peso yeah, <laughs> difference yeah, right yeah, yeah but it was just something i needed to hear because especially as you get older you know you need to know where you stand yeah. and if you do have sort of that longevity in the yeah, or, yeah i'm going to end my career there
0: Were you, with, you know? who so who, who's the coach at the time was dave was it dave
1: i think it was perco end of dave yeah who was who was the new coach Riki.
0: who adam Riki. yeah right so yeah. He, he hadn't seen you at this yeah. point right no so he's in between those two coaches exactly okay
1: so then when that happened i mean i ended up going to morocco sorry for Watch. sorry for leaving you yeah <laughs> and, and, and that's one of the things i mean you know it, and we were rival teams yeah. too so it was, it wasn't, look, it wasn't because I was pissed off at the management and, um, or anything like yeah. that, you know, or it, like I said, it wasn't about the money. Yeah. Um. I love Kaya. I still love Kaya. You know, if yeah. there was a team that I would root for, it would always be Kaya. Yeah. No matter what, 100%. Um. It was just for, you know, for personal. Yeah. I just needed to, I just needed to see it, yeah. you know? And because if I'm showing them, you know, 110% commitment, yeah, then I'd just like to see it back, you know? Yeah. And seeing that I, if we can work out something, Yeah. then yeah. So that's why I had to say goodbye.
0: Do you wish he stayed in, in retrospect? Because obviously he left and... <sighs> You did okay, but I mean, Morocco at the time. Yeah. Actually, I mean, for, actually, pretty much the whole time I was there it was fairly. It was quite tumultuous, I mean, wasn't I, it? I, As I, a club, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, but then I mean, I can't say I wish I stayed. Yeah, you know, um, because if I'm trying to stay in a place where I'm not really wanted, yeah. then what's the point of being there, right? right. But then, uh, it was just you know, I wish I would have been given that opportunity yeah. to say, yeah you know um because you know they're they show commitment to you know to other people who had left the club and then come back right over someone who had been there for 15 years yeah, yeah. when i could have left the club prior to that you know for much bigger money yeah but i stuck around and yeah. stayed you know yeah. um so that's why yeah. that that's that's why there was a whole split with the whole kaya thing yeah. i know you're a little pissed off at me about that No, i wasn't actually i understood your no. reasons no so, i mean
0: like, i remember See, it was a bit of a weird one because i think you and eddie left in yeah. sort of same season subsequent seasons same time same time right it was same time and i f- like I, I couldn't obviously i couldn't get my head around it at the time i was like fulcrums at the team like and yeah more so what you were saying like you've been there for a long time like I felt yeah. I felt a little bit like the spirit of the team got ripped out a little bit at that <laughs> time uh, and then I mean in the end it, it basically spawned a new Kaya like it was mm-hmm. it was who was left from that sort of old guard I mean Ali would just sort of started to come back from his injury at that point Basta. I don't don't think he played that much that year but the following year he did yeah. obviously Massa had been there but like, even like guys like Lex and stuff that Jonah Jonah would, I think had gone as well yeah. so there was a lot of people who when I first came they'd already been there and were established and moved on yeah. so I felt like that was a real transition period that time and it wasn't really one that I was prepared for already for because we changed we'd already changed like we had well if you include me doing a couple of like <laughs> interim stints <laughs> yeah. you know there was like four coaches again yeah. short period of time so I was like I'd like to have a little bit of continuity and I felt like having you and like Eddie in that would be the answer because you'd been there for so long like who better yeah. to have continuity than people yeah. who've been there for you know 15 years so I, I wasn't i wasn't pissed off at all i was just it was more like i felt like an opportunity to was 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 missed Do you know what i mean then once you go to another club it's like you don't see you every day yeah Do you know what i mean so yeah. then it just becomes different know. the relationship becomes different because you're just not around yeah
1: trust so. trust me i would i would have loved to stay there and gr- grind it out with you on the field yeah. that much longer you know but um you know i mean eddie was one of the reasons why why i ended up leaving yeah while One of the reasons why the whole thing came up, because um, Eddie was a diehard Kaya guy too. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he 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 was committed to Kaya ever since he coming back here, which was two thousand five, two thousand six. He was always with Kaya, you know. And to see how they were treating Eddie, that's where I came up with the whole concept of, (laughs) okay, let me see if they can't show commitment to Eddie, let me see if they'll show commitment to me. Yeah, you know, and seeing that it didn't work out yeah then that's where that's, i had to yeah. call the call it quits you made know made the jump yeah made the jump
3: but
0: you know? yeah it was, that was a sad time mate i was yeah. it i mean that sort of period even that coincided with the shift in the in the ufl going to resolve there was a lot yeah. of things i think that happened off the back of that that sort yeah. of that time frame wasn't it i think you went Simon McNamee was in charge at the, America at the time. Yeah. Right, he went, so he went there, you, went, you were there, was my brothers yeah. there. And that really solidified the rivalry at that point. And then it was like, all yeah. oh, right, this is gonna be, this is gonna be heated. And I think actually what was quite nice about that rivalry, there was a lot of people who had issues. Yeah. Like, like you didn't get along with some of the guys on our team at like that time. <laughs> I think like you and Louis used to have a little little thing oh, right, yeah. all the time. That was quite funny, he used to quite like that. It's fun. Obviously me and my brother, <laughs> you know, that's just how it is, isn't it? Me and my brother are not gonna get along. Uh, me and your brother obviously we had yeah. we had our head to heads, didn't we? Quite literally, <laughs> literally, uh, literally head to heads. And, and I think it's quite funny because I sort of laugh about it now. Obviously, your brother lives in my village, so <laughs> we, we can't we can't avoid each other. Um and I, and, and our wives are friendly. So, <laughs> but I, in a way, like looking back, it was actually quite a nice time. Like it, at the time, it was it was serious, it was real. Like those, those games were some of the most heated games that we played, in. it was always the ones that I look forward to the most. Yeah. you know, they were quite intense battles, but. Um, I've never really had the chance to talk to you about it, so I just wanted to bring it up because no. um, it was a it was a fun. I mean, the, the fun period. That. Those were good times. They're, it was good
1: times. they they were good times, and I mean, like I said, I wish I would have been there playing with you instead of playing yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. you, but I mean, it was it was really those were those were the good days. Yeah, they were. Yeah, for the UFL, and those were the days that were the make it or break it year, obviously. Yeah, and instead of making it we broke it yeah. you know yeah but it is what it is now it's all about trying to rebuild when it comes down to all of that stuff yeah right? i mean what do you see uh the pfl turning into man you know you're asking I, me I, i'm gonna throw a, a question wait, back wait to a you I'm, I'm the, one here. To ask the questions you here. so i'm gonna throw this back to you i think you, you know? know what for me
0: i think the pfl's <laughs> needs to sort itself out in terms of just what, what direction is it really going in mm-hmm. like it was that that year last year where we had the teams in the different geographic and sorry and the year before they had teams in the different geographical locations <laughs> it just didn't work yeah you know it just didn't work it was you know lo- the logistics of getting teams to go and fly to these places you know they're paying you know exorbitant fees for flights and whatnot and of course Mm -hmm. it doesn't help when games are rescheduled or changed at the last minute you're having to get last minute flights for 20 plus guys you know uh, plus coaching staff plus you know all that sort of stuff it's you know you it it was a real drain on the resources so i think the league has to go back to the drawing board obviously what happened at the start of the year was far from ideal like you said you know with uh i don't even know what was it called was it bpl? PPL, B- PPL, yeah, PPL, PPL. So the B- the P- <laughs> BPL, the PPL lasted what one game, two games, and then <laughs> then we went back to the PFL. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely back to the drawing board. I think having a centralized league makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to just again ride on your coattails, but it's just it's about building the, the relationships with people in the in the football community. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's got to go back to engaging with the youth sector it's got to go back to engaging with the hardcore fans it's, it's it has to be that way yeah. you know it has to, it has to be on television I, I, I think I saw somewhere that, that apparently Qatar Airways are, co- are coming in with with a with deal I think that was announced but I mean let's see there's, there's a lot there's there's always talk of bringing in sponsors yeah. if it is if there is sponsorship money there, great then if there is sponsorship money there it's got to be put in places where it then makes it sustainable right that is the key like let's Let's be realistic. It has to be that way. Like It cannot then just be mismanaged, mishandled, misappropriated, and then all of a sudden we're back to square one and then we're having this conversation in two, three, five years' time. And and that's if the league's ongoing at that time as well. Yeah. I, I remember having a conversation, I'm sort of going back a little bit. I had a conversation with a mutual friend, Miguel Saldran, okay. who when this league was... um. Being proposed, we were talking about the different geographical locations and how certain um, certain cities were hotspots, etc. And I was like, "It's not going to work." So it's not going to work. And he was dead set, hundred percent, going to work. He said, "He said people who are in positions of power won't allow it to fail, so it's not going to work." Because I could I could foresee the logistical issues from our experiences with the national team. You know, just <laughs> basic stuff like booking a flight. Yeah, right, booking a flight. Um. To, you know, when it's magnified with multiple teams, multiple people who haven't had the experience of dealing with that type of stuff, um, it was a recipe for disaster. Like the whole compliance thing. I think I saw somewhere that Vietnam, uh, one of the Vietnamese teams are getting threatened to get kicked out because they their under 15s didn't participate in their um, domestic uh, youth tournament. So their 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 youth team isn't compliant with the with the youth, regulations uh, um, of, of AFC. Yeah. Right. There's no way that half those teams have got are, are, are going to be compliant <laughs> with any regulations <laughs> that AFC put in place. So it's it's always seemingly that there's 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 they're looking for an angle, looking for a shortcut, rather than saying right, okay, if we need to have a youth team, let's put up a bona fide youth team. If yeah. we need these, you know, these structures in place, we can't shortcut it. We've got to go and make sure that these things are in place. With that comes a lot of investment, with that comes a lot of money, and I'm not sure if it's there right now. So okay. if it's not, then we have to go back to the drawing board again, like what you said. Is being compliant with the AFC the most important thing, or is it just important that we have a league that's up and running that is sustainable? Yeah. Right. Because for sure, when we came, when I first came here, it was two divisions, 10 teams each one.
1: Yep.
0: On television.
1: On television. Right? So pa- packed out stadiums. Packed out stadiums.
0: So we've definitely moved backwards. Do we move back to that? Do we try and start again? I don't know, better people than me need to come up with these visions. Because what I I say, does not matter? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But it it definitely needs to take um, a backward step before we start to try to, you know, push this back in a direction which has has been going, which is trying to make this grandiose, you know, compliant league where evidently it hasn't worked.
1: Would you ever want to be in the position to be able to sort of dictate how football should be operated are you here. trying to get, get me to
0: live on air go like try uh, and no, run for presidency because no. that was something i wanted
3: I, that's what i
0: wanted you to do you're the man with the vision right like now i'm not running for nothing right let's be clear i'm not running anything who's gonna vote for me nobody <laughs> that's for sure um no i i don't i don't think that's i'm not good at the political game mate i'm not yeah. good at the political game are you good mm, no i don't think you are either no. we were going to rub people up the wrong way yeah right our time will come way down the line i think probably once we we're a bit more experienced in this in this landscape because what i'm sort of gathering from speaking to different people is it's it's a treacherous <sighs> minefield that whole political football landscape and one that i have no interest in trying to get involved in because it seems Crazy. It seems crazy, mate. Yeah. It seems crazy. I'm guessing uh, you're probably the same as me. Ooh, just head down. Try just to stay, stay. Own thing. <laughs> just stay stay in my lane. I'll just stay in my lane right exactly. now. Exactly. But um I mean there's a lot of people talking about it, aren't there at the moment? Yeah. There's there's definitely there's different well, people because there's the elections
1: next month. Yeah. You know, I mean it's just like it's a hot topic, isn't it, at the moment? It is a hot yeah, topic. Yeah, in the football community, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, I've I've really never paid attention to this type of stuff. But, but you're in it now, aren't uh, you? You have to pay attention. I guess i you do I, yeah you do, i guess i do um you know, but it's 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 just a it's it's a hard situation, yeah, you know it's a hard topic to sort of find an angle to support yeah. you know um because when it comes down to it, who knows what's gonna happen, who knows who the right person in charge yeah. is anymore nobody, nobody knows yeah. you know um. You know, people, people are out there and people do support both sides, but are we sure that these are the right guys to be able to do the right things? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I really hope so, but honestly, like I said, um, you know, I, I'm not a political guy, yeah. but, and as much as I'd like to put some people on blast on here, Yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same place. Yeah. But look, I mean when it comes down to it, the guys who are running, I know they're good people. Yeah. Right. Um, I know Nonong. Um, you know, I know Nonong quite well. You know, we both do. Um, and then I also know Ricky. Yeah. And I know Ricky's always done and looked out for the benefit of football out here. Yeah. Um but then also, but his brother's on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And his brother has also shown that commitment to football um, through Serres. Yeah. So it's just like, um, it's like, who who do we really, you know, who do we really support here? I think we were talking a little bit off air, weren't we?
0: And I think the real hope really is, I don't really care who gets it, right? Whoever gets it. As long as they have the best interest of football at heart. Exactly. You know, as long as, there needs to be more work done, I think, certainly within the grassroots community. You know, if, you're, if you've been able to do it in a short period of time, mate, then, then like you said, with a little bit of em- emphasis and enthusiasm on, on trying to develop that space, it well, is possible. Yeah. I think even, like, I look at, like, the UFL, like, it took, obviously, independent guys with independent backing mm-hmm. to set up their own league. Yeah. It's taken the YFL independent guys to set up their own league it's taking you to set up your own league mm-hmm. right um, if I'm if I'm going to be in any position of a, of a governing body of any country surely surely the first thing you do is set up a league and surely the first thing you look at is setting up at the grassroots level right surely and I would have thought that would be the first place to start yeah. right you know I most logical
1: place anyway I mean when it comes down to it, I think, you know, if, seeing that we have all these different things set up already, right, then get us all into a room. Let's sort out a calendar. Let's work something out where we could all work together rather than figure it out by ourselves. Right. You know, Um, and I think that's something that should be done when the new person does come into, uh, you know.
0: Because definitely, I know, look, you've experienced it as well. Like, you've got I mean, you, you you do a lot of stuff in the afternoons, which is great because then it doesn't conflict with YFL. So you've mm-hmm. got that. But then I always find ourselves that we're butting heads with Refo, the school schedule, right? And then like yeah. they'll release a schedule, and it's like Saturday morning, like well, hold on, or Sunday morning, Sunday, yeah. you know, or Friday night. You'll get it. Are we going to play Sunday morning? It's like, well, hold on a minute. You know, we're supposed to be on Sundays. Like what what, what are we doing here? Exactly. And I think that's really difficult. There's other sort of fractions and people doing their own thing. And it's great that people are trying to do their own thing because obviously there's not the the cohesion that there should be. Mm-hmm. um and, and obviously off the back of that also it's it's spawned more entrepreneurial opportunities for people so that's great so if you want to do it like great because then you can you can have your little business off the back of that yeah. but it would be much better if we were working together wouldn't exactly it? you know
1: i mean in the end i mean you got to think about it it's just like you know in business it's like would you rather have a big piece of a small pie or a small piece of a big pie yeah right so you get all of us together, then we become a much larger pie, yeah. and we're able to project what our one common goal is, yeah. which is to promote the sport of football. Yeah. And if we all do it together, then we have a good chance in being very successful. Yeah. But right now, we're all just working individually and not necessarily working together yeah. when it comes down to this stuff. Yeah. And these are the things that I'm trying to do. You know, I've, I've already met with YFL. Um, we sorted out a schedule for yeah. next year. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we could do this with all of the leagues, yeah. you know, cause if we do it for all the leagues, then these kids will have soccer year in, year out. Yeah. You know, every day they'll be able to find do some something. place to play, yeah. you know? And, and I really think this is, uh, it's something that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, so hopefully this next person, whoever it is, um, Starts doing things and starts concentrating and finding a right path, you yeah. know. What's your end goal for your whole four years as the president? Yeah, you know. what 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 are you gonna do? What what is it that you want? Where do you want football to be? And then figure out how you're gonna get there. Yeah. You know? I mean yeah. it's 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 the way they gotta work. Yeah. Instead of taking it day by day and having to consistently adjust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Askals were Crucial and key to that turning point of football in the country. But how the Askals sort of evolved and turned around, it was more of a marketing and branding thing rather than a football mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So seeing that it turned into that, I think that's where a lot of affinity was lost with the people, right? People started losing their relationship towards the Askals because. It turned into more of a marketing ploy, mm-hmm. you know um it turned into more of a brand rather than being kept as a national team right right, and I think when representing the country, you have to sort of keep it exclusive yeah keep it you know i mean keep it national team, you know um that's what gives it that sort of value and yeah. prestige you know um and people have to earn their way to get there. Yeah. Right? And that's what was really good about it here before, is that people would er- push their way to earn the way to get there. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm not saying that the way we're doing things is wrong. As you can see, I mean, with the latest result. Yeah. Shit. Zero-zero against China. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. You know? But I'm saying start. Seeing that we have good players coming from abroad. Yeah. Let's start focusing on how we could start growing them within the country itself. I mean, how
0: many of those guys from that starting lineup were homegrown? There was none.
1: None, you none. know?
0: I think, yeah, Joven um, was, was in the squad, wasn't it and Amani, who so came on. So was there's it? one One that was...
1: Yeah, Amani was gr- on there. Grow, homegrown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's just, let's figure out a way to give the people who grind it out here more of an opportunity. Yeah. Because if you start being able to give the people from here more of an opportunity to join this team, then maybe you'll start growing that relationship again. You know, it's not that the people who are flying in and out aren't of Filipino descent. Yeah. It's just that there is no tie to the actual community. Yeah. Which they're targeting yeah you know you got to think about okay when it comes down to the national team who is their community right who is it it's the people within the country yeah and if we keep on flying people from outside of the country to come play for the country yeah do they really have a tie to the people in the country you know it's something it's something we got to think about but the people who grind it out here who trying to make a name for themselves mm. on a local level. Mm. If we give them the opportunity to represent, then maybe we could start building that community again. Yeah. To have that relationship to to the national team.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I don't I I my take on it is I I'm not opposed to people like, listen, I listen, I was one, like being brought up abroad and then coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the affinity side is I think it's hard to sort of say, like, how strong is your affinity to the Philippines? Like, I remember coming here, and like, I think even Neil mentioned it on his podcast. Like, he hadn't been back, but as soon as he got to the Philippines for the first time, he met and he was like, "Wow, it's instant family." So yeah. he, he was like, instantly, he was like, "It's amazing being in the Philippines. Right? Yep. I love it. Like, I feel so close to everyone." So his affinity was born off the back of being here. Yeah. And then obviously since then, he's 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 shown his true colors by how he's you know, he's represented the country really well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's one thing that I, I may differ or my, my perspective is slightly different because obviously you, you spent a lot of oh, yeah. time in here growing up. My bigger issue is, is those kids that are born abroad, right, they're going to get their training. They're going to get high level exposure. They're mm-hmm. going to get all the, they're afforded all of the opportunities that they can be given. And it's got nothing to do with the Football Federation here. Nothing to do with them. They've got no say, no nothing. What happens over there happens over there. And they'll develop how they'll develop. Yeah. But you've got no say in it. You have 100% say about what happens over here in the country with these kids, yeah. right? And it's not, and you're not giving these kids an even playing field. You're not giving them a chance yeah. to to at least rise to the level that these kids are at, because it's just not possible. You haven't got the facilities. You haven't got the coaching. You haven't got the competition. You haven't got the infrastructure. You haven't got the league, right? So you haven't got the um, training camps for under 15s where they you know two weeks in a the camp then they go and lambs to the slaughter against all these other countries that have been together for a whole year or whatever so that's really where the shortcoming is for me and it's like you might get lucky you might have an amani agonaldo once in a blue moon or a joven bedage or whatever
3: mm-hmm.
0: but in a population of this size you're going to get one come through the net no matter what you do someone's going to prop up yeah right and it's going to be not through you, you haven't cultivated that that's not that's not self-generated Mm-hmm. so for me it's all a, it's about giving these kids the opportunity to at least play on an even playing field and then once they're all in the mix together then the best yeah. has to play exactly the best has to play okay. but in that exactly what you said in that giving those kids that opportunity mm-hmm. okay right well, the national team's looking out for me they want me to develop they want me to get better i've now got affinity to the national team i'm gonna go watch the games i'm gonna talk to about it with my friends you know i'm gonna buy the merchandise i'm gonna watch it on tv whatever it might be and then that's how the affinity will 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 be born,
1: grow, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and that's I think that's very key to when it comes down to the national team and seeing that the national team is sort of operated by Palami, and you know, it goes in full circle. You know, I mean, yeah. it's 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 all about I guess in the end, it's everybody doing their own work, but doing it in a sort of right way. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we talk about opportunity. I got this kid who comes out to the sevens never seen him or heard of him before in my life right right and he comes from tondo fc i saw you post about him yeah and this kid is unreal you know he's raw raw talent but if he was taught properly he'd be one of the best players in the country yeah you know i mean and these are the things that if we just create the platforms for people to play and give them the opportunity you'll be able to find these people Yeah, yeah yeah you know, slip for the net, don't they? This yeah, kid slipped for the net. Exactly. And it's just like, you know, if if there was no sevens, then this kid, I don't know if he would have been ever found. Right. You know? Um so I mean I, I really hope this guy gets his uh um opportunity to play for the national team because I think he'd be really good. Yeah, he's not good, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think he could be. Yeah. You know, he could be. He just needs to be taught a little bit. He's young. Yeah. Um but he's got the he's got the fight. He's got the talent, you know, and I, he's motivated. Yeah. You know, and he comes from he comes from Tondo, yeah. you know? I mean, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so hats off to Peter Morris for, you know, creating a nice football program yeah, over there, yeah, yeah. the f- the footcal program, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Cuz these are where these kids from Tondo are coming from. Yeah. And they have a actually pretty decent team. What's the name of the kid? In the 7s, Roberto Corsame. Okay. Yeah, he's really no, good, okay. so you you check him out. No man. no, I, see,
0: I, I remember you posted him on social media and you said this is yeah. this is this is a guy to keep an eye out. Yeah, you ch- you check him yeah. out. You, you, your club, I was going back to your club career a little bit. I mean, you then you had your time with Loyola. You then I think you were at Locos while you were sort of doing other ventures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that in itself must have been a pretty interesting <laughs> year. I mean, what, what, happened, what happened up in the
1: Locos? That was it was strange. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know how i was able to work out a playing contract right so um i i ended up uh developing an application launching yeah, an yeah. application yeah. getting someone to still, invest you're still it doing that stuff. still doing that stuff unfortunately it's yeah. shelf right now. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Um, busy with other stuff I guess. yeah yeah
1: you know um but then with the loco side every time they come into town i'd be able to yeah play with the team yeah, yeah. you know so I I was happy with that sort of contract. Yeah, good. That's a great contract. (laughs) Right? Um, But then uh, after that, I took another break. Yeah. What, it must have been about six months, right? Right. Um, Was it six months? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Before we jumped into global.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Here we go. Okay, Yeah. yeah, so go on. And I don't know if you follow me on Facebook.
0: I, I, it's impossible not to.
1: <laughs> Why I was given a lot of shit um on Facebook was because the group first what were they the PPL right? The PPL knew that global had over 20 people to pay. And 20 of their players had I was I was the last person to had come on and sign. Right. And I hadn't been paid for four months, right. so I can't imagine how long some of these other players mm. had not been paid for. But for the PPL to allow Global to play in their league was not right to me. They knew that they had a bunch of players who were owed money, and they still allow them to play. You know, it's got to be their choice, right? I mean they could stop a team from coming and joining the league and knowing that these people just like the PFL haven't global joined the league Mm. still and they still haven't paid me by the way (laughs) allowing them to join is already a bad start to their Mm. league because it shows that they are desperate it shows that they need teams because why why take on a team that you know can't even pay their players yeah. and then lastly, don't let them play, yeah, you know that's it. just don't let them play. Take care of your dues to all your players, and then you could come join the league, yeah, and now we could have a nice league where you get a fresh start together with our fresh start, yeah, because we, you know as a league, you don't want to take on someone who's already all messed up, right? Because then that becomes a cancer to yeah. your whole league. Yeah. And maybe they start missing games. And I well, heard, they have, haven't they? I heard the first, you know, maybe the first two or three games they have missed. I, I, I'm not yeah. sure exactly. Yeah, they haven't missed the you last know? couple of games. They, yeah. haven't, they, haven't, they haven't participated. And it's just like, you know, if, if you're operating a league, which is supposed to be a professional league, where one of your teams can't even field a team, then, what kind of league are you? Yeah. You know, it reflects badly on the league. Yeah. And this is why I go on my rants. It's not because I want Global to be picked out and, you know, um, and, you know, and just to call him out, but it's to, you know, you got to stop looking at the now. You have to start looking down further down the road. Yeah. Right. If you look further down the road and you have a team like Global are they gonna be good for your league? You know, maybe they're gonna be good because they solved the problem of you not having enough teams, but go pick up another team who maybe they're just a recreational team or whatever, but at least they'll have 11 guys on the field every game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: is it, is, has it come to that point? Yeah, I, yeah. Mean,
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it really, you know, it's, it's, you have to choose, you know, you yeah. have to choose. Do you want to try running a professional league where you don't have, where you don't have teams showing up because they can't get enough players? Yeah. And then it comes back to your league. What kind of league is that? Yeah. You know, that's why I'm saying, you know, if we have to dumb it down, scrap everything, and start off, boom. Without having a professional league, and maybe making it sort of Sunday league again, yeah. where to pro yeah exactly yeah, like that. yeah you know then we have a chance to sort of revive and make the league come alive oh, yeah. again I think you so. know what i'm saying
0: yeah I, I i agree i think i mean you know this is a topic that i can't be really talk too much about at yeah. the moment cuz i've got my own issues but um I think you're spot on with what you're saying. I think some—I alluded to it earlier. Sometimes you've got to take a step back and realize just this is where we're at right now. I don't think we're at the point where professional league is is wholly viable for the majority of the clubs. And if that's the case, we have to start again from scratch. And then maybe we need to look about how it is, it is going to be more sustainable. Yeah. And it, and that for me is the way forward. You know exactly exactly what you said. I think it's you, you, you got to we've got to rebrand. We've got to start again because at the moment it's just it's just been one. Yeah. roller coaster of a ride isn't it the last couple of years and I mean there needs to be some stability now yeah. um and yeah I, I i fully agree i hope i hope things get fixed up with you because it's not a nice <laughs> scenario to be in um <laughs> uh, yeah i know and, um, yeah. so hopefully that 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 puts to bed a little bit because i know obviously you've been on social media and you've made your rants and, and obviously a lot of people are for you some people think oh you know he's just spouting off rubbish but it's yeah. pretty conclusive i mean it is what it is and um I hope your your situation gets gets, Look, gets resolved.
1: Honestly, it's you know, it's not it's not even for me. Like you know, I've been offered a settlement and stuff like yeah. that. And I mean, it's I I that money. It's I consider it almost gone. Right. You know, the only reason why I bring it up is to make sure that other people who need it more than me do yeah. get it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's you know, it's also one of the one of the things as a captain. You know. Um, being appointed as a captain of a team you have to put the players before you yourself yeah you know and and that's why it's just like you know in the whole situation people offered to you know to say okay hey we'll take care of this and then um we'll worry we'll fix up the rest of the guys mm-hmm. later and as much as i i, I could have used that cash back then yeah I was no you know I mean we all need to be doing it together yeah you know so I mean that's why when it comes down to my social media posts and stuff like that it's just it's not it's not just to it's not for myself yeah you know what I'm saying it's not just me trying to speak for myself it's yeah you know, and that's what I need people to understand. also understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not just one person who yeah. who this is happening to. It's a lot. Mm. You know. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: So it's. <laughs> I mean, look.
0: I, I don't want to. Oh, again, I say this with every episode because we have always seem to overrun. I said now maybe we'll do it now. We've been going a, lo- a long time. Yeah. So I want to be respectful okay. of your time. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to end on a negative note. I wanna end on a more positive note, if that's, <laughs> if that's possible. Like, um, th- th- there's certain things that strike me about you, stuff that I've known about you before, but they're, they've really come into the fore in, in the roles that you've undertaken in, 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 um, in recent years. And, and they certainly, certainly come across in, in the interview. And th- there's, there's certain words that keep cropping up in this interview, um, uh, passion, Uh, working hard um, making sure that um, it's for the good of the kids you know these are the things that keep continuing these are themes that keep cropping up (laughs) cropping up cropping up in, in in this interview and you know my my hope for for your program is that you're able to Continue to build that community, which for me is the overriding and the overarching thing with this whole interview with you, is that your sense of community is stronger than anyone that I've spoken to in this, in this space. And I work a lot in this space, right? This whole youth football space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's my hope that you can continue to influence people in that way because, it, you know, I'm doing it in a different way to you. That's up to me to do it my way. You're doing it in your way and you're doing it in, gr- in great ways. You know, like bringing in people like David Beckham. If you don't think that's not going to influence anyone, then you're living on another planet, <laughs> right? That's, that's almost as influential as you can get. So it's my hope that you can continue with that vein because your vision is, and your clarity of your vision is great. And, um, you know, hopefully you can, you can continue to uh, execute it yeah. because that's obviously the, the biggest problem and it's not always going to be your problem, right? Your execution is not always down to you. It's down to the people that you work with and the people that you employ. Um, but the, the last thing I want to ask you then, if, because if, um, you're on this quest, on this um, crusade almost, is, is what what are your, if, if we had this conversation back in 2010, where would you see us in 10 years time? And if this was the conversations that we're having now, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what on earth has happened, <laughs> right? And I hope that we don't sit down and we do across the line episode, 250 and then we sit <laughs> down in 10 years time and you go, oh my gosh, it's, we're still at the still, same point. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I would really hate to happen. What are your hopes, what are your dreams? What do you, what do you hope the aspirations are for, for you and, and also for, for football in general, for the Philippines in the next five to 10 years?
1: Well, for me, I mean, I'm gonna keep on pushing football uh, through the sport of seven aside, all right? Um, <laughs> I really think that the sport of seven aside football could turn into an actual sport, yeah. just like three-on-three basketball, just like sevens rugby. I think that we could do it with the most popular sport in the world. you know. Um, and eventually I want to start putting up, you know, hopefully it gets to that point where we have another sort of industry mm-hmm. where players who can't make it in the a side level or the futsal level now have another fallback. You know, that's where I want to get to. Mm. So I'm on that mission to um, create the federation for seven aside football, um, starting with Asia, starting with Southeast Asia, yeah. and taking across hopefully the world. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, like you said, I got big dreams. Yeah. And that's that's, I'm. I feel like I'm on the right path. Yeah. Um, but all of that then reflects to football here in the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because. Everything that I'm gonna do, I'm gonna run it like a federation. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sorta of be that seven aside federation for football. Yeah. And I'll be implementing all the things that the PFF should have been doing. Yeah. You know, and I have that opportunity to do that now yeah. at maybe not eleven aside, but at least if they are starting and playing at the seven aside level, then they can grow into playing at the a side level or the futsal level. Yeah. So I am gonna be running these youth programs. I am gonna be running these awareness programs. I'm gonna be focusing a lot on the youth, yeah. just like you were saying, yeah. you know, because they are the future. And if we focus on the youth, then I think we could be the best, or one of the best countries in Asia, the best country definitely in Southeast yeah, yeah, Asia. Yeah, yeah. Um, in all three and not just eleven aside yeah. and not just seven aside and futsal. Yeah. You know, I think that we could do really well yeah, in all of yeah. these things. Um, you know, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone just you know, just yesterday. Right. Saying that look at what we did against China. You know, as much as I love basketball, I'm a huge basketball yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. You know that. Um you know you know how much I love basketball. Yeah. Um but in the Philippines we will always have a roof over our heads because we won't be able to compete with the other top countries. You know, we're always gonna be floating, maybe we'll be, you know, thirty, twenty. Right. Um but with football, I think football if we do it right, we are made for the sport out here. And we could push to being a top country yeah. here in Asia. Tying China zero zero, who's what, sixtieth in the world? Yeah. Probably the number five or number six country in Asia. Yeah.
0: Amount of money they're spending.
1: Yeah. Amount of money that they're spending and us having football as the number five sport shows that we can yeah. we can get there. Yeah. We can. You know and even if the players like you know like you mentioned are not from here we could always use them to inspire because once we start growing here on the local level and start seeding local talent into our national team yeah then that's just going to push it more and more yeah. to want to do more on the local side of things yeah. and i really think that we'll be able to get there yeah. you know i really think within Ten years, if we do things right, I think we'd be able to make the World Cup. That's just that's yeah. dead, dead honest truth. Yeah. You know, dead honest truth. I think we'd be able to make it to the World Cup, and well, is the World Cup in ten years? It? I mean,
0: every, four, every four years, so, yeah. yeah. So around, around that. that. Maths, yeah, yeah. <laughs> within that
3: time frame, <laughs> anyway, there should time be time. one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. You know, I really think so, and um, and I hope PFF does get their shit together and start doing, um, good programs. Um, you know, and I definitely want my sevens to be in line with them. Should they be able to get their shit together? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's, let's all pray for the best. Yeah. No.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Listen, when, when we try, when we we were trying to get you on the show for ages, didn't we? We just haven't (laughs) been able to, um, to get the, get the times aligned. Um, I always thought it would be an interesting conversation. I didn't know how it was going to go. It was definitely as all over the place as I thought, because <laughs> we ended up talking about random stuff. But um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I said in the sort of middle of the show, I think your vision and in your, and your clarity of of what you want to achieve is is is, is exactly what the country needs right now, and, and and more people like you need to be involved in the good fight. Because um, there aren't that many of us about, mate. I <laughs> put myself in there. I'm I'm fighting a good fight. Um, of course you are. But no, I, I, I thank you for coming on. Thank you for, for being so honest and, and like I said, generous with your time and um, sharing with us your vision for the game because it's really exciting, mate. I'm really excited for you. I'm excited for, um, mm-hmm. for you know, my kid and my kids mm-hmm. to, to participate in your programs. And um, yeah, I'm also really excited to see what comes of it in the sense of you know, what happens for, for you, how hopefully hopefully it is able to provide you with a with a with a great life, great living, but also how it's hopefully gonna spawn, you know, loads of really talented players to come through from from this generation of, of Filipino footballers. So mm. um yeah, you know, I really wanna thank you for all the work you're doing. Um uh, it sounds so <laughs> wrong. I wanna thank you for all the work you're doing. You do, honestly mate, you're doing a great job. You're doing a really, really great job. Really proud of you. Um, and I'm really excited to see how things develop with you. But thanks for coming on the show. It's been a long time coming, but I appreciate you and uh, all the insights that you've thank given
1: Thank you us brother. Okay. Cheers, mate. Always good to see you. Always man. good to see you. Uh, always good to spend some time. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for catching Across the Line. If you want us to continue doing more episodes, subscribe to us on YouTube, download our episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. And also drop a comment para
0: tuloy-tuloy itong Across the Line.